BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. So, gang, it's been 16 days since 10-7. And as of this moment in time, still no ground incursion. There has been increased bombing in Gaza by the Israelis in the last 24 hours. But it, it begs the question of why the delay? It seemed like it was a certainty that Israel would move ground forces from the IDF in. I, I take note of the fact that when Admiral Stavridis was here last week for his weekly visit, he put the odds of Israel going in on the ground at 80 percent. And I said to him, if I had asked you a week prior, what would you have said? And he would have said 100 percent. I remember him saying it's, it's not that I don't think it's going to happen. He said, I just think that the odds are now diminished. And it raises the question of, well, why? And is it at our behest? Is it at our request that Israel has not moved in on the ground? Interestingly, on Friday night, President Biden was boarding Air Force One. And as he was as he was climbing the staircase, a, a reporter shouted a, a question to him. Uh, it was a question very similar to what I ended up asking in the Saturday poll question, except the question was tied to hostage negotiations. You know, the two Americans have been released, the mother and daughter uh, from Illinois. And so in the aftermath of that, the reporter, I guess, TC, you're going to be able to hear the question, but really not hear his. You can barely hear either, just with the noise of the of the um, of the airport, of the air. But yeah, you can hear both. OK, well, let, let's play it and I can explain because I've watched it many times. So it was the reporter saying, should Israel delay the ground incursion so as to, uh, you know, negotiate the hostages out, the hostages. Right. And the president says, yes. And then he gets on the plane and then the White House. This is why it's so interesting. So significant is the White House very quickly then, you know, little little damage control on aisle four. They say he misheard the question. And that was the story then going into the weekend. No, no, no. The president, he didn't he didn't hear the question. Well, I I think now I can say, no, he heard the question and he was answering it honestly, because both CNN and The New York Times reporting is that the U.S. has advised Israel to hold off. I'm looking at the one, two, three, four person 
byline Times coverage, the Biden administration has advised Israel to delay a ground invasion of Gaza, hoping to buy time for hostage negotiations and to allow more humanitarian aid to reach Palestinians in the sealed off enclave, according to several U.S. officials. American officials also want more time to prepare for attacks on U.S. interests in the region from Iran-backed groups, which officials said are likely to intensify once Israel moves its forces fully into Gaza. The administration is not making a demand of Israel and still supports the ground invasion and Israel's goal of eradicating Hamas. But fast-moving events since Hamas released two American women on Friday have spurred the administration to more urgently suggest that the Israelis allow time to negotiate the release of more than 200 hostages. And then it says that the president spoke to Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday. I, I believe all that is accurate, but I don't think it's the total picture. I think this is my speculation, and, and you can tell me that I'm wrong. Uh, I think that the the ferocity of the global protests since we were last together have caused the administration to maybe stand back for a moment, our administration and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. If this, if this is where people's minds are in the Arab world, you know, the Arab street, if it's this intense, 12 days, 13 days removed from the events of, of 10, seven and the Israelis, although bombing Gaza, although, Although because of Israel's demand that people flee to the south, it has created a humanitarian crisis. But it was all precipitated by what happened on 10-7. Yes, I know some of you are going to say to me, no, Michael, it goes back much, much you know, longer than that. Come on. The recent chapter that we're talking about, the timeline begins on 10-7, in my opinion. And if this is how hot people have been on this subject on the Arab street already, then imagine what it looks like when Israel goes into Gaza. I think that has given pause, maybe not to the Israelis, because they, they, they seem to have hardened skin about these things and realize that they might not win in the court of public opinion, but to the Biden administration. I think that's why the, the president has probably urged some level of restraint from Netanyahu. Uh, what what happens next? I don't know what happens next. I had, you know what sums this up? This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4 Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. 
VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. You know what sums this up? I had an exchange with a CNN reporter named Nada Bashir on Saturday on my program. And and TC tells me, and I believe her because I saw some of this myself, that it generated a lot of reaction. A lot of reaction. When I came on air on Saturday... At the Rafa Gate, I had Clarissa Ward, and we were talking about the fact that the first, I think, 20 trucks had come through, uh, this after some prolonged negotiation, admittedly a drop in the bucket in terms of what's necessary for Gaza. And then I went to a reporter who was in Amman, Jordan, and the setup that we did was to talk and show footage of the protest against Israel pro-Palestinian. Uh, I'm not going to say pro Hamas, but by implication, given what's happened, you know, we can have that conversation. And what I was seeking to ask of her, I, w- I was seeking to make the observation that we're only we are two weeks. When I had the conversation with her, I said, we're like two weeks to the day. And look at the, the extent of these protests, notwithstanding the suffering that the Israelis have gone through and are still going through. And then I kind of stepped back because she had a long answer. I think it was like a two and a half minute answer. And I thought, okay, Michael, you've asked a probing question. You've got to allow her now to respond to it. She's a reporter, by the way. She's a, she's a reporter on this. Uh, I have to say that a lot of uh, Twitter reaction to this. How dare you give her so much time? She's an apologist. If that's a reporter, then the definition has changed. Like, I mean, flooded. I don't I don't bring up a Twitter reaction. Right. Unless it's significant numerically. Yeah. In, in other words, I don't tell you so if one person's complaining, unless it's something very pointed and significant and you need to know this was a lot. A yes. lot. Yeah, it, it generated a lot of reaction. OK, I want people to hear it. So did you cut it so that they hear my question? Yes. And her response yes. to that question. And there's a slight delay. She's you know, I didn't I didn't want to edit anything because I didn't yeah. want to be accused of editing anything. Uh-huh. So there will be a slight delay between your question and her answer. But yes, that's let me, how let me just it. say one other thing. I'm playing this because I think this encapsulate encapsulates a lot of the conversation going on right now. My very short question and her response, and it, it'll lead me to today's poll question at Smirconish.com, where Tom Friedman says Israel is about to make a terrible mistake. I have a bit of your buildup, so it's your buildup and then the question. It's only okay. about 25 seconds. Okay. But it's not, the, the very end is a very short question. Okay, I, right. will, I will talk about Friedman after you listen to this exchange. 
Now, today at that summit for peace in Cairo, Jordan's King Abdullah called for a, quote, immediate end to the war on Gaza and a lasting resolution on the basis of the two-state solution. Joining me now is CNN's Nada Bashir, who is in Amman. Nada, thank you for being here. Amman has been one of the scenes, one of the many scenes of an anti-Israel, anti-West protest. It occurs to me that we're only two weeks removed from the Hamas attack on Israel. That Israel was the subject of such cruelty seems to have earned it no sympathy with any of those pro-Palestinian protesters. Why? Can you stop it there? It's, okay, fair question, gang. I'm asking you, fair question. You know, that Israel was the subject of such cruelty seems to have earned it no sympathy with any of those pro-Palestinian protesters. Why? And and let me just say, I don't think I, I need to further explain, but I talked about the scenes of anti-Israel, anti-West protests. I saw the burning of both Israeli and American flags. I saw Netanyahu uh, in effigy, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so what I'm trying to ask her, and I think I asked it in a pretty straightforward way, I had thought about it in advance, like, like where, wherein lies the reflection uh, the consideration of what Israel just sustained two weeks ago. Here is her response in full. Well, look, I do think that is an unfair way to characterize what we are seeing happening in Jordan and in much of the Middle East. When we speak to protesters on the ground, the vast majority of them tell us this is not about Hamas. This is not about expressing any indifference to the attacks uh, against Israeli civilians on October 7th. In fact, for the vast majority of the people that we've been speaking to here in Jordan and indeed people that we've been speaking to across the region, this is about a conflict, an issue, a crisis which began long before October 7th. These are pro-Palestinian protesters, they are demonstrating against Israel's airstrikes on the Gaza Strip, which, as we know, have had a devastating humanitarian toll, a devastating human toll, that death toll rising, as Clarissa mentioned, by the day, by the hour. And, of course, for many here, this is a call for an end to the siege on Gaza, an end to the blockade. As I said, for many, this began long before October 7th. This is about more than just what we're seeing happening now in Gaza. This is about the violence that we're seeing in the West Bank. This is about the expansion of settlements, which are considered by many in the international community to be illegal under international law. This is a crisis, an issue, a cause which is central to many here in Jordan. One half of the population are either Palestinian or of Palestinian descent, and that is felt and reflected across the Middle East. Now, look, you mentioned King Abdullah of Jordan there condemning the violence that we are seeing, and I think something that he said today at the Cairo Peace Summit really characterizes and captures what many people on the streets of Amman and across the Middle East are feeling. Let me just read you a bit of what he had to say. He said, the relentless bombing campaign underway in Gaza, as we speak, is cruel and unconscionable on every level. It is collective punishment of a besieged and helpless people. It is a flagrant violation of international humanitarian law. It is a war crime. Anywhere else, attacking civilian infrastructure and deliberately starving an entire population of food, water, electricity and basic necessities would be condemned. This is the message from King Abdullah of Jordan. This is the message that we have been hearing across the Middle East. This is the rallying cry that we have been hearing from protesters here in Amman. And as you well know, this is the message that we have been hearing from international rights groups, aid groups, NGOs on the ground who are trying to alleviate what Clarissa just mentioned is an unfolding humanitarian catastrophe in the Gaza Strip. Okay, I have to say it's, it's hard when you're doing an interview like that remotely it's not like you're kneecap to kneecap and body language can let someone know I, I, I got to get in here, hurried up, 
finish your aunt. You know what I mean? Well, and she also talks extraordinarily fast. Right. So there's that. Like, it's hard, it would be very hard to break in. So, so it's And like, she's, like, reporting. Like, it's a, it was a different rhythm than a normal, like, conversation well, that maybe, you have. Do you know what I mean? And maybe I, who offer opinion, you know, maybe I, who offer opinion, put her in an awkward position because... She's a reporter, but I've I've oh, offered. She offered the opinion, though. But she, she said did. that's not care. That's not the she way. She said that that's is, unfair. Yeah, that's she, not. She a good flat out said that yep. that is unfair, yep. and that and that you know this and is I think not that's about what immediately. Hamas. Immediately, I got the the text started. The tweet started coming in. Right. I just don't know how you look. A hundred gang. Listen to me on this. A hundred thousand people came out in London this weekend. A hundred thousand pro-Palestinian protesters came out in London. This weekend, I I do get the complexity. I do get the history. I'm just saying for me, too soon, like two weeks after the barbarity and with all of those hostages still being held except for the two. Um, So anyway, happy to have had her respond. Glad that I asked the question. And and this is all related to today's poll question, because Thomas Friedman, the two time Pulitzer Prize winner from The New York Times. World is flat. Thank you for being late. Bright guy really has his finger on the pulse, I think, of what's going on in Israel and has the ear of the president. I mean, the president brought him to the Oval Office within the last 45 days to talk about you know, the threat to democracy that was being posed, according to some, uh, by Netanyahu's so-called judicial reform. So Friedman writes this column and he says, let me put this in stark and clear language because the hour is late. I believe that if Israel rushes headlong into Gaza now to destroy Hamas, and does so without expressing a clear commitment to a two-state solution with the Palestinian Authority to end Jewish settlements deep in the West Bank, it will be making a grave mistake that will be devastating for Israeli interests and American interests. And then I'll just skip around. This is not about whether Israel has the right to retaliate against Hamas for the savage barbarism it inflicted against men, women, babies, grandparents. It does. This is about doing it the right way. And you can just, I mean, the column that Friedman wrote, it just sort of reeks of concern, compassion and concern that Israel is about to overplay its hand. He says that the current Israeli military leaders are actually more hawkish than Netanyahu. He says, I understand why, but friends don't let friends drive while enraged. And Biden has got to tell this Israeli government that taking over Gaza without pairing it with a totally new approach to the settlements, of the West Bank and a two state solution would be a disaster for Israel and a disaster for the United States. Um, key thing, if people cannot talk openly and honestly about a misfired rocket. Imagine what will happen when the first major Israeli invasion of Gaza begins in our wired world, linked by social networks and polluted with misinformation, amplified by artificial intelligence. I, I every one, every one of the the deep dives into the cause of the hospital strike that I have seen most recently, it was the Associated Press over the weekend had it pinned at Smirconish.com. Say that was an errant rocket fired within Gaza. It was not the Israelis. And so Friedman is saying, like I was saying, if this is where we are now, imagine what's to come when Israeli tanks roll into Gaza. And so here's his prescription. 
He says, we got to recast this. This has got to be Operation Save Our Hostages, not Operation End Hamas once and for all. And he says, if Israel feels it has to reoccupy Gaza to destroy Hamas and restore its deterrence and security, I repeat, it must pair the military operation with a new commitment to pursue a two-state solution with those Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza who are ready to make peace with Israel. The hour is late. I have never written a column this urgent before because I have never been more worried about how this situation can spin out of control in ways that could damage Israel irreparably, damage U.S. interests irreparably, damage Palestinians irreparably, threaten Jews everywhere, and destabilize the whole world. I beg Biden to tell Israelis immediately for their sake, for America's sake, for the sake of the Palestinians, for the sake of the world. That's today's poll question. Do you agree with Thomas Friedman that any Israeli move into Gaza has got to be paired with a new Israeli commitment to a two-state solution? This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. John, you're in Williamsville, New York. You heard my setup. What did you most want to say? Michael, thank you for taking my call. I think Tom Freeman's a bit of an idiot. Now, I'll explain why. Egypt and Lebanon won't even take refugees, the poor unfortunates that the, uh, quote, is the Jews cause them to have. They are using these people still as pawns. I am not saying that everyone in Gaza is is they want to see all the Jews dead, but I would bet you a dollar to a donut that most of them do. Now why in the world would this guy push for a two state solution when you have someone who kills babies and is vowed through a theocratic uh, setup 
to kill all the people that are on your border. He's an idiot. You are you are this not alone. I've ever heard. Okay, you are not alone. By the way, John says he's an idiot. Tom Friedman's wrong. TC, how's the voting? Does everybody else think Tom Friedman's an idiot? Interestingly, over 11,000 votes. Do you agree with Tom Friedman? I would say mm, 78% are going one way. Correct. Are going one way. You must vote to you figure it out. vote, and then you'll know whether the caller has That's their- correct. Right. Tom, you're in Stewart, Florida. You heard that last gentleman. How do you see it? Exactly the same. It's Israel's land. No, you cannot have a two-state state situation. And, Mike, can people please read the Bible? It's all right in front of you. Genesis chapter 12, all that stuff. It's all right there. That's all I got. What? Oh, okay, I'll let you go. I, I, will, I will honor your desire to uh, exit stage left. Danielle, you heard those two gentlemen. What do you say? Hi, I'm such a big fan. Thank you for taking my call. I listen to you every day. Thank um, you. My question is specifically to the two-state solution question. Let's say we, we Biden says, you know, Israel, um, go in with restraint. Let's try to do a two-state solution. And the Palestinians and Hamas are like, no. Then what do you do at that point? I am okay. very pro-Israel. I'm very right. pro-Israel. But I'm also pro-being logical and listening to both sides. But my question is, what happens when they say no to the two-state solution? Will then it matter? Where do we go from that right. point? Will, will it matter? I, I am for Israel's survival. I am for Israel's survival. I am concerned, as I sit here, about Israel's survival. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I put too much stock in what I was covering this weekend, which was the... the the powder keg of protests that immediately erupted so close in time. I know it's not apples to apples. I know that. Please don't take me out of context. But imagine if two weeks removed from September 11, there were worldwide protests that could be read as sympathetic to Al-Qaeda and what loss of life had just been sustained by the United States. I mean, that's that's how... I, and I understand. I under you can you can tell me that many people who are coming together are pro Palestinian. They're not approving of Hamas, but so close in time, it 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 felt wrong to me. It felt raw and wrong to me. And in my own way, respectfully, I tried to say that to my reporter colleague, and she gave the flip side of it. And you heard the whole thing, Jeff. You're in Charlotte. What did you most want to say? Michael, thanks for taking my call. I quickly want to say that I probably have more in common with you than most of your listeners. Uh, My roots are in northeastern Pennsylvania. I have a grandmother from Galicia. I went (laughs) to Lehigh for a year. Three for three. You you were a 20-year-old advanced man for Vice President Bush in 1982. I was a 20-year-old advanced man for Vice President Bush in 1984. Oh, my God. How how can this be? Uh, Who is this man? uh, Who is he? My doppelganger. I, I don't know. I don't know, but, I, but we seem to think differently on a lot of what's going on here. Michael, I think you're being very naive about these protests that you're seeing all over the world, which are very orchestrated. You seem to be incredulous that they're going on, and you seem to be incredulous that the leaders of these Arab countries would be coming out and condemning Israeli actions, uh, which is to be expected. The second thing I want to say, and, and yes, I'm going to join a lot of your callers, Stop listening to Tom Friedman like he's a god. 
uh, Tom Friedman's been right about very little in his career, and he has this great perch which he pontificates about. He and BB hate each other's guts. They've hated each other's guts for decades, so a lot of what he says is very personal against Netanyahu. Uh, and again, he, he certainly didn't predict this event. He was unable to predict things like the Abraham Accords. And by the way, he was one of the top cheerleaders for the United States to invade Iraq. So I think it's great that you count him uh, as sources, but there are so many other people that you ought to be paying attention to. Okay, I have him. to say this. I'm not, I'm not alone because the poll result, the T, and by the way, thank you, Jeff. I do, do appreciate all those coincidences. That's, that's freaky. Uh, the poll result, TC. Tell them, tell them how it's going. So 11,933 people have voted so far. And the question is simply, do you agree with Thomas Friedman that any Israel move into Gaza must be paired with a new Israeli commitment to a two-state solution? And it is running 77.24% yes. So what are we seeing in the calls? Why is why? But why is that more? I mean, there's there's unanimity among the callers. No, don't do that. Well, maybe what explains it? Maybe uh, as we often say, for in order to pick up the phone and call, you got to be fired up. Really, be fired up. Right. So maybe maybe you're not fired up about the proposal of a two state solution now, but you are fired up that that would be uh, unfair to Israel. Disagree. Yes. Uh, Rima. East Lansing, Michigan. Thank you so much. What did you most want to say? Yes. Hi, Michael. Um, my father was Palestinian, and he was forced out in 1948. Um, and uh, we have been obviously close to this issue for many, many years, and it is a gruesome problem. I don't think that there's going to be any peace until there's a two-state solution. But the two-state solution requires a certain degree of regard for the lives and lifestyle of these Palestinians. Um, and that I don't see happening. Certainly not with Netanyahu. To these to these callers that who are, are vehement in their opposition to the idea, what what are what are they missing, if anything? Well, I think that they are concerned about the future of Israel, as am I. As am I. Uh, we as uh, yes, and uh I think what they're missing is that they're not really aware of what has been going on for all of these decades with the poor Palestinians that were left. My dad was lucky. He got out. He came to the States to get graduate degrees, married an American, yada, yada. But um, the lifestyle, the health, the economic conditions, the brutality of living in occupation is something that we as Americans and me half Palestinian doesn't mean I understand uh, what it's like for them. So they're desperate. I do not support what Hamas did. I think it set us back decades and decades, but we have to move forward for the children. It's hard not to, it's hard for me not to look at that outpouring over the weekend as something other than I, I, I get it. I hear from the callers that no, 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 you can protest and not be for Hamas, but to come out, Two weeks thereafter, not even two weeks. I just, I've already expressed how I, th- I thought. I, I, I thought it was just, as I, as I said to the reporter, it just shows zero empathy, zero consideration for the brutality exhibited against Israel. By the way, by the way, gang, lest you think that, you know, Michael's all alarmed and worried and need not be, I'm looking at a State Department advisory, the likes of which I've never seen before. 
worldwide caution, it says. Due to increased tensions in various locations around the world, the potential for terrorist attacks, demonstrations, or violent actions against U.S. citizens and interests, the Department of State advises U.S. citizens overseas to exercise increased caution. Overseas is like, wherever you are, outside the United States, be aware. Be aware. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.